0: Ha ha ha, ha 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 ha, ha ha ha. You thought it would be different this time. Welcome back to Motorsport 101.
1: Ah, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 498 of Motorsport 101. Sorry for the small hiatus, but we're back! And we really are getting into the heavy-duty business of motorsport season starting up again. Welcome to episode 498. This is going to be our Formula 1 2024 season preview. And believe me when I tell you, morale and excitement in the Motorsport 101 couch has never been higher. We cannot wait for this season. To- what do you mean it's just going to be Max Verstappen defending his title again? God damn it. Me when well, I That's lie. our show. Me, we'll me when lie on
0: the internet. I love
1: lying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got a nice. I mean, as you can probably tell, RJ O'Connell and Cam Buckley are also here on the show as ever. A pleasure to have them on. Um, as as uh, you know, as as how as esteemed company, and uh, we're going to get through the next hour and a half talking about the upcoming twenty twenty four F one season, um, and we'll try to make some excitement out of it. No promises. We're not miracle workers on this podcast, but we try. We try. But I did have a, a, a fun little bit of um, a, a, pre, a kind of pre-shows opening topic to get into as well. Um, we've got to talk about Alex Bowman because the day Daytona 500 happened and uh, William Byron Great.: Trey,
0: <laughs> Trey, did you see on Hendrick Motorsports' store, you can buy the smoking gun. You can buy the nose <laughs> off that car. Really? <laughs> I did not know this. <laughs> yeah, they they sell race used body panels, and you can buy the nose off of Alex Bowman's car that committed genocide on an
2: entire family of Fords, which is crazy because that was all blamed on William Byron at the start, and then we watched the replay. And it's just like, oh, hang on, Byron got a push from Bowman, and Bowman's been pushing dudes like crazy all race.
1: Yeah, well, uh, it was, and it's a shame you just got was- bullied by Rick Hendrick. What can I say? A- only this time, Hendrick had to commit war crimes to get there. But as they well, said, in a, in a former game franchise, history is written by the winner. Um, and, yeah, uh, yeah, typical, typical Hendrick
2: bias. You know, NASCAR favoring Hendrick driver William Byron a screw over Hendrick driver Alex Bowman at the finish. <laughs>
1: uh, it did take us about half an hour to finally settle, that actually won that thing because the timing of them going over the start finish line and then throwing the caution when they were virtually dead level was uh, <laughs> one thousandth of a second. was that second closest dayto to the finish ever, I want to say?
2: Yeah, I, I think that is uh, second closest behind Hamlin beating Truettes over the line in twenty sixteen. Uh, I, I don't think either one of those races only came with 2007, personally, for, for narrative and excitement. But but that's just me. Upside Maybe down like, and on, on fire. his roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, I really appreciated Kevin Harvick like being the perfect foil to Clint Boyer.
1: He, re- he really is the anti-boyer, and I and I mean that in a positive way. Kevin Harvick's a fantastic broadcaster. Like he, he's he's, one of these guys, he's he's a natural. He's just he, he's knowledgeable. He knows what he's talking about. He doesn't become overbearing. He doesn't say anything that's annoying. I, I'm actually really enjoying Kevin Harvick Kevin Harvick in the booth a lot more than I ever did as him as a driver. It's funny how these things turn out.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of the case, you know. Uh I can and will continue to get away with it. I'm three for three on overall team picks thus far this year.
2: Go on, yes, yes, you you also won the Bathurst 12 hour.
0: Yes, yes. I can keep getting away with this. No. And you know what? I'm gonna keep getting away with it.
1: They've cracked open a cold one in front of me. I can't stand this podcast sometimes. (laughs) More specifically. He's, he's he's cracked open a Red Bull in my presence. I can't stand it. <laughs> I'm, I have heretics as podcast partners. Tastes like... <laughs> tastes like, uh... Downforce. he's just doing his Max impersonation, says Kira in our audience chat right now. Yeah, that that just about sums it up. Yeah, we could, I could just, oh, by the way, before we really get going as well, we don't talk about it regularly on this show anymore, but if you haven't been watching World Superbikes and their season opener at Phillip Island... Go out of your way to find how Alex Lowe's won race two this morning, because... uh, We might actually have to start talking about World Superbike again. Superbikes are back (laughs) on the menu, fellas.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, (laughs) uh, Phillip Island, in the best possible way, is a massive outlier in the fact that it's good.
1: Exactly. Niccolo Buduga wins on debut in the top flight. Good for him. Alex Lowe's winning the Super Bowl race and race two. I won't, st- I won't try and spoil too much about it, but it's on world Superbikes bikes, Instagram account. See how Alex Lowe's won that race. And don't tell me we've already got a contender for pass of the year. Um, absolutely incredible move from, from one Alex Lowe's somewhere. My old podcast host Rebecca James is, is looking up to the sky and smiling because her boy came through in a dramatic fashion. Um, um, but uh, yeah do check that out if you haven't already right places you please can find us as some general housekeeping before we get going we can if you really like us you can back us financially on patreon patreon.com forward slash motorsport 101 for early access to a lot of our episodes and other bonus content as well our website is motorsport 101.com and on there we by the time this goes out we'll be about a day away from having all of this out on the website as well as my own written notes on everything that's happened in the off-season. Um, amazingly, because I've, I've, I've done all three now, because I've got an IndyCar one coming out in a couple of weeks' time as well, that was, one was the shortest comfortably. It's amazing how these things turn out, um, because there just wasn't an awful lot to talk about. Pardon the pun. But uh, yeah, there's there, there'll be that. All the three will be on the website in time as well. So do check them out if you haven't already. You can follow us on social media as well. You can follow us on Elon Musk's failed business investment at Motorsport underscore 101. And our personal handles at Dre Harrison 101, at RJ O'Connell, and at CBuckley917. Check us out on there if you haven't already. We're on motorsport 101 Pod on Instagram for all the notifications when our content goes up and bonus highlights from the show as well. Shout out to Gloria as ever for putting them together and putting them up on social media for your enjoyment. Right, I can put this off no longer. Let's talk Our F1 2024 season preview right after this. We all knew it was coming, but it's a special moment when the title is sealed and he's on top of the car as the champion of the world for the third time. And he's into the arms of the team that have given him a rocket ship and how he has used it brilliantly. To start, I'm going to talk a little bit about the calendar before we get into the teams and the nitty gritty and some of the testing stuff in there as well, because... uh, I regret to inform you, and this is not the first time I've said this in the last few years, the biggest F1 calendar ever. Again, 24 races in all this year. For real this time. Yeah, we have an F1 season that technically starts in February which is I think the first time that's ever happened as far as I can remember. We've got a February 29th launch because it's a leap year and all that. So uh, Bahrain starts on March 2nd um, and Saudi Arabia on March 9th. Now, if you clever with your dates, you've already realized these are going to be Saturday races. Um, The weekend will just be moved a day earlier, Thursday through Saturday. This is for the Muslim countries involved, Bahrain and Saudi Arabia, who practice the Muslim tradition of Ramadan. That's on March 10th, the Sunday So F1 wanted to make sure they got both those races in logistically before March 10th and Ramanan. Then we head to Australia on March 24th. They'll be rotating with Bahrain as the season opener in the coming year. So I think Australia will be back to open again next year. Uh, Japan is in a new slot on April 7th, right before Golden Week, traditionally over there. um, It's a month month before like Golden Week is going to be Miami week. Oh, okay. My bad. I I was got April and May mixed up. But yes, Japan is now April 7th. That's going to be round four on the calendar to get away from that nasty little typhoon season that comes around in September, October kind of time. Then, finally, for the first time in four years, China is back on the F1 calendar at Shanghai International Circuit on April twenty-first. Zhou Guanyu finally gets his home race after having to wait three years for it. Poor guy. Um, then we start the one of the three America rounds as RJ alluded to, Miami on May fifth. Um, then we have Imola back on the calendar after the horrible flooding it had last year on May nineteenth. Uh, good to have it back. Monaco on May twenty. 20- 26th, then Canada breaking up that funny European block by having that Grand Prix there on June 9th. Then we have a triple header in Spain, Austria, and then the British Grand Prix at Silverstone on June 23rd, June 30th, and then July 7th. Then we go to Hungary um, over in Budapest on July 21st. That's a back-to-back with the Belgian Grand Prix at spa Rain and um, on July 20th. It doesn't matter where you put this damn Grand Prix, it's going to piss down at some point. That's just how Belgium works. Um, that will be the summer break, and then we're back at the Netherlands at Zandvoort on august 25th um italy then on september 1st the second part of a back-to-back yes baku is now round 17 on the calendar to end the european leg i say in inverted commas depending on who you ask about where azerbaijan fits on the continental calendar but it's now been moved to september on, on september 15th specifically for baku Uh, That's one part of a doubleheader with Singapore. Because, hey, I'm sure F1 really meant it when they were taking care of travel logistics by having a back-to-back in Azerbaijan and then Singapore. Totally makes sense. Remember that. It becomes important later. Then, weirdly, we have a one-month break before we go to the USA again in Austin on October 20th. I suspect they were trying to get another round in here somewhere but couldn't do it. Why else would there be a four-week break in the end of September? I don't understand. Oh, and uh, just in case this before the sport was going easy on us, six races in the final eight weeks of the year, back-to-back triple headers. First up, USA and Austin, then Mexico and Brazil in the two weeks after that, then two. Three weeks out and then they'll be back in vegas on november 23rd again that is a saturday night race it's keeping that same tradition s- slot it had last year yeah, this but is I mean, not for
2: the observation of any muslim holy periods by the way
1: <laughs> yeah exactly uh, although i'd argue gambling is also a sacred act that deserves time off depending on who you ask <laughs> okay, in the vegas Michael
0: area
1: <laughs> <laughs> very much so. jesus uh, but uh, November 23rd for Las Vegas, that was the bookies bias if you're kicking in there from my, from my previous life. Qatar now in the, now on December 1st, really making sure there's no chance of anybody getting heat stroke again. Um, so that'd be the penultimate round now on December 1st, because like I said, travel logistics, Vegas and Qatar, an 8,000 kilometer round trip as a double header. Makes sense. You'll love to see it. Then the final round of the year in Abu Dhabi on December 8th. Yes, this calendar has two F1 races in December. We're doing 2021 again, folks. Good times. Hopefully oh, not. Know. For our sake, I,
2: I hope not. I don't know if we're getting all of 2021. Let's be real. I've I've Probably had my not. eye on testing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mm. We're getting races in December, but we're not getting a title till unless some some truly weird happens. Oh, I I like the calendar. I think having Shanghai back in the calendar is great. I look forward to Imola being back. I know the racing's probably going to be pretty processional, but, you know, it's a neat place to have a race. God, I'd love to come to Suzuka one of these days.
1: It'll happen one day. It's, it's an iconic venue. And look, I'm, I'm glad Japan's getting that early season rub again. It's, it's a nice little shot in the arm round to get early on because, you know, I, I like, I mean, I'll be real with you. I like a lot of the changes. I like the fact that Japan's now in April. That's been coming for a long time, and I'm glad it's finally happened. I'm glad China is back. I think it's a good track. Um, one of the more underappreciated ones in modern F1 history, in my opinion. And China's produced some good races when it was around before the pandemic. I enjoyed a lot of the Chinese Grand Prix we did get. Um, I think Baku makes more sense at the back end of Europe rather than the front. Um and yeah, I think they did the right thing by putting Qatar back into December rather than putting it in the back end of summer where everybody was literally cooking. Um, and I don't mean that in a positive um, metaphorical sense either. Um, I, I, there's there's still some weird things in there. I, I don't know why There's a couple we have, of
0: weird logistical jumps.
1: Yeah, a couple of the jumps are weird. I don't know why we're taking a month off after singapore i think that's very odd I, I i i we get i get the impression i think there was meant to be a 25th round in there somewhere but concord agreement i suspect um may have gotten in the I way think of they that. just
2: wanted to break, bake bacon another long break before going into six races in eight weeks to close out the season
1: I would like to give F1 the benefit of the doubt and think that that was the idea, but I don't give F1 the benefit of the doubt on anything anymore. So um, I say,
0: that is a waste of your time, of my time and of all of our times.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. I don't get that why that four week break is there after Singapore and, and what have you. Um, It's like we're we're getting F1's first autumn break, (laughs) which I think is kind of weird because it's only like six weeks after the summer break, but here we are. Um, But yeah, welcome to the biggest F1 calendar ever seen, assuming we get all 24 rounds in this time. We tried this last year and obviously shit came up um, and and not in the pleasant sense either, unfortunately. Yeah. There we go. I just, uh, when I look
2: at this calendar... Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal some of Cam's thunder and say that this looks like a lot, many, many opportunities for Max Verstappen to reset his single season records from 2023. But before we get into that, I guess there are nine other teams that we need to talk about first. I guess,
1: I uh, guess, yeah.
0: yeah, y'all know the drill. We're gonna roll through these teams in reverse championship order from last year and roll off some key stats and
1: uh talk about how their testing went for better and for worse and some other general notes and other things that may or may not have happened during their off seasons now this is a a historic season in kind of a weird way this is the 75th formula one world championship season um and for the first time in its history there are no rookies on the grid we have no rookies on the 2024 f1 grid and there was no driver transfers in the off season for the first time ever boring so, so boring, the 20, boring, the 20 boring. yeah the 20 drivers who ended 2023 are all still here in exactly the same place to start 2024 weird how these things turn out but here we are
0: yeah, all, the, all the silly season nonsense happened in the middle of last year or is happening at the end of this year
1: exactly yeah more on that later um so let's get into as we mentioned reverse <laughs> champion so first up on the board is has hang on
0: Hang on, as, as Jason says in the chat, congratulations
1: to Vacant for winning Rookie of the Year. Big fan of Vacant. A L- lot of talent, only upside from here going forward. I'd like to see yeah, what one in 2025. Of the
2: few WWE superstars in recent decades that hasn't been scandalized in the past few weeks and months. Oh my
1: God. <laughs> Not wrong, unfortunately. Not wrong. Haas F1, F1 team. team. Right. Uh. Number t- number 20, Kevin Magnussen, who was 19th in the standings last year. And then number 27, Nico Hülkenberg, who was 16th in the championship last year, before the aforementioned February week of chaos. Uh, arguably, the biggest story of the offseason was a shocker in January when, out of nowhere, Gunther Steiner walks away from the Haas F1 team. Gone. Ayao Komatsu has come in as the new team principal. He's been promoted from inside Haas' technical department. He will now lead the team going forward after seemingly Günther Steiner got into a bit of a heated tiff with Gene Haas about the future of the team in general, allegedly, according to a lot of the higher-ranking journals and media – Gunther was asking Gene for more investment into the infrastructure of the team and the business, and Gene wasn't prepared to do that.
2: So, uh, I believe the quote from Gene was something to the effect of we have enough resources and enough investment. It's all a matter of application. He's no, confused. you
0: don't, and no, you don't. <laughs> um, Because this has been a, a, a point of contention with Haas for... Many a year since they came into the sport about. This is year nine of Haas F1 team. This is year nine. What the hell? Mm. How is this year nine of Haas F1 team? I remember it like it was yesterday, pitching Fernando Alonso into a barrel roll from which would (laughs) knock him out for two races.
2: (laughs) And And then Roman Grosjean
1: gets points on debut. This is a win for us. This is a win for us. Yeah, exactly. That that was nine years ago now, which is kind (laughs) of wild. And look, a part of me feels a bit sorry for Haas. And the reason why is because they caught a hell of a lot of strays when the news dropped during that week of chaos in February when F1 rejected Andretti's 2026 application. Everyone was like, well, look at Haas. And I'm like, well, Haas weren't dreadful, dreadful last year. Like, we've had worse F1 teams in a vacuum in the last few years than what Haas produced last year. But I'm not disputing. They have fundamental problems they need to fix. Yeah. Yeah, I think the got,
0: fundamentals here, um, hmm. sorry, go on RJ, sorry. Yeah,
2: um, one of the big things that came up during test week was a quote that said, we're not focused on performance, we're focused on tire wear. And I think people latched onto that and saying, this is another example of how Haas is not serious. Well, I think if you watched last year, uh, you'll know that, yeah, the tire wear problems are probably the first thing that they should focus on uh, because it doesn't matter if over a single lap this thing is like the bee's knees. If it's going to just eat its tires for breakfast, lunch, uh, brunch, dunch, and dinner and dessert and fifth meal uh yeah. throughout throughout the season.
0: Yeah, the- and this has been an ongoing thing basically since twenty nineteen, where the Haas has never seen a set of Pirellis it hasn't eaten. Um, and. Alongside that, the philosophy of effectively outsourcing the whole car because they are the smallest team in Formula One by a fairly substantial margin, only about 250 people.
1: About 250, yeah. About
0: 250 people. They have most of their actual, you know, hard hardware work done outside the team. Um, they buy in all that they can from Ferrari. They outsource the actual construction of the parts they do design out to Delara. And that makes it very difficult for them to solve problems once they are found.
2: It's like the design and engineering equivalent of the telephone game, where inevitably something is going to get lost in translation, and it's just going to lead to more problems at the end of it.
0: Yeah, because they've never introduced an in-season upgrade that hasn't sent them backwards. Last year was no exception, and Mm. that was after all of the tire wear problems that this car, that car last year would get into Q3,
1: and then sink like a stone. I want to say Hulkenberg had eight Q3 appearances last year and only converted it into points on two occasions.
0: Yeah. The car it was, it just it doesn't work over a race distance, and they pay the points most weekends on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, So that was their focus through the Bahrain test, and uh, this
2: car is not great, is it? it's no, really it's, not it's uh, uh, from anybody you speak to it looks like they are nailed on to be the best worst team in Formula One history again despite you know having two pretty solid drivers in Nico Hulkenberg and Kevin Magnussen, although last year Kevin Magnuson was off the boil when Magnuson came back he bought a lot of goodwill for the team by finishing fifth Bahrain in 2022. and this is 2024 and I think now we're going to learn how much that How long that goodwill has before it starts turning sour like milk in the fridge? He's He's not a young baby anymore. He's thirty-two years old. He's He's been
1: here for ten years. Yeah, this is year ten for Kevin Magnusson. He's been if he's been he's thirty-two now. Yeah, Yeah, He debuted 10 years ago. Yeah, he debuted 10 years ago in F1 now when he was a McLaren driver and a baby. But now he's in his early 30s. He's become a dad. um, And unfortunately, he's lost his last two years of driver matchups head-to-head with Mick Schumacher, who many still argue shouldn't have lost his job in the first place. Who's now going to be with Alpine over in the World Endurance Championship this year. Um, And... Hulkenberg beat him quite handily last season, and it's only going to be more pressure for Kevin next year because it was also revealed very quietly during the news about Hamilton going to Ferrari that Ollie Behrman is there, was one of their two reserve drivers for this year, and he's been promised six FP1 appearances this season. Now, if I didn't know any better, that says to me Behrman's being groomed for a racing.
2: I think it does, and you know that especially comes true if Behrman, as many people believe he will, is going to be, if not the championship favorite, then certainly favorite to finish top three in what is looking like a very, very stacked F
1: two class. Probably the best we've had since twenty twenty. I agree, but it's a very under the radar, very promising F two group this year. Brand new car as well, so it's going to be a real wild card year for F two this year. But I would still say Ollie Behrman is probably the favorite on paper to win the title um, over there. Um, so, and yeah, a top three would more than guarantee Behrman getting an F1 super license. And like I said, the way Haas is cooking, from what I remember from what they said about him at the Mexico test last year, they were very promising numbers that came out of Behrman during, during free practice. They liked what they saw of him in the car. And that would be a very nice young talent for them to hang on to going forward. And hey, Gunther's beef about potentially having younger crash damage drivers is gone so maybe they'll be a bit more conducive to hiring a younger driver in the future because Gunther was understandably a little bit miffed with Mitch Schumacher and crash damage was the reason he let him go um so yeah maybe with, with Komatsu a new approach maybe they'll maybe they can afford to gamble a little bit more on talent and I like K-Mag I always have I think he's a solid pair of hands but he needs more. And and, and and Hulkenberg shouldn't be coming in after three years out in his age 36 season last year and beating you. Yeah. That's, you know,
2: who knows? Maybe Haas has to replace both drivers because, you know, Hulkenberg will turn 38 next year. We don't know how long he's going to stick
1: around. Is he on a multi-year contract? He's in a contract here this year. And, uh-huh. and, uh, he, he's he's made it abundantly clear that he likes the idea of Audi's project if he can get away over there potentially and more on them very shortly but um, Holkenberg was like I'm intrigued by Audi, anybody any self-respecting driver in my position would be, um, I don't know if, if the artists formerly known as Sauber um, are interested in a 30 would then be a 38 year old veteran at this point but Holkenberg can still go I have no issue with that whatsoever. He was excellent last year. Um, I like
2: Ayao Kamatsu as a hire. I just... I worry, worst case scenario, he just becomes the new fall guy for Gene Haas' stubbornness.
0: Yeah, because, like... I just don't... so I don't see where Haas goes from here because everyone around them is in the process of big change or have already made the big changes and have reaped the rewards. And... Like Gene Haas has made it exceptionally clear. He is not willing to change to change the fortunes of this team or sell it. He doesn't want to sell it. He's he's outright refused to invest more into it to try and make it more successful. And this philosophy, I think I I think its legs ran out years ago. But we're still here. I think uh,
2: they should have gone to a model where they are manufacturing their own cars in-house about after year three, year four, year five, and they're still doing things like they are an upstart team. I mean, it makes sense with the amount of resources they don't have, but, like, I
1: don't know. I, I you're think not going to get
0: anywhere doing that.
1: Yeah, you're not really.
0: Um, I'd like to not when, everybody like...
1: here that Haas have now spent five consecutive seasons in the bottom three of the standings. <sighs>
0: It, 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 most of
1: that at the very bottom. Yeah, it's... it's it, the, the goodwill's run out for me in this camp. Gene needs to put up or shut up. Either put some money down, change her infrastructure, and stop being F1's version of AJ Foyt Racing, or sell to someone who's prepared to make that investment. Because you, you like this... Don't get me wrong, I still think the, the strays that Haas caught were harsh regarding Andretti's rejection, because... I, th- I think they were being looked at, I think they were made out to be a scapegoat for their rejection. I, th- I think
0: they were being used for brownie points. Exactly, it, and I don't think but,
1: it's, it's that, but it, it doesn't help their own argument when they are but it doesn't necessarily
0: in. mean that many of those points people were pointing out were wrong. Mm. No. Not when, I mean, look, they, this is the team that sacrificed a chunk of 20 and all of 21 to come into the 2022 regulation swinging, and they had a about seven good weekends out of it yeah those have since dried up emphatically
2: hey uh cam on the subject of teams that came out swinging at the start of the 2022 regulations and have been trending downward ever since let's get into craven torani Ventures stake f1 team kick sauber sponsored by led gamer lights valtteri botas was 15th in the championship last year joe Guan Yu was 18th in the championship this is their third season together at the team based out of Hinwil, switzerland with new branding new chassis naming new livery for the artist formerly known as sauber again another team that has caught strays in the wake of the andretti rejection from people who kind of just disregarded the last 40 years of sauber Motorsports' heritage that goes back to the group c days like come yeah. on i know they've not been great lately but however
0: like, how what if. award did they win last year um, Nothing on track.
1: The award for just being there. The award for the most drip. Uh. <laughs> well, we can confirm this year: the car is
0: in fact green. It is. Uh, it looks like a Kawasaki Formula One car livery.
1: Yeah, is what it, it looks it, like. It, it looks like Michael Van Gogh has become a Formula One driver. Mm, like it's 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 quite the get getup. Um, look. <sighs> It's hard for me to... The the thing is, right, it's hard for me to talk about Sauber or kick Sauber, whatever you want to fucking call them this year, is because there isn't an awful lot to talk about. They've, They've retained their lineup. It's a pretty unexciting lineup at this point. Valtteri Bottas is fun to have around, but he's not done anything of note in the last season and change with this car. Zhou Guan Yu is there. He probably closed the gap to Valtteri a little bit, but again, the question has to be asked. They're keeping... They're keeping Teo Porcher in the back, and he's now going to be in Super Superformer this year um, to fill time for another year to see what they want to do with him. And Zane Maloney's now in their academy as well, and I'm not sure what they're going to do with him either.
0: Um, this is a team very much in transition because they're just, you know, they're waiting for the Audi deal to come through, which, I mean, hit a little more turmoil internally, given that we are now... Hearing engineers are leaving the project due to disagreements with Audi CEO.
2: Yeah. uh, Oliver Hoffman, chief development officer. It looks like he's leaving the company after a dispute with uh, Audi CEO Gernot Dohner. This is not the first time that people have brought up the rumor that like Audi might be having buyer's remorse before they even start the project.
0: But, well, it's one thing to hear the rumor; it's quite another entirely to hear that one of your chief development officers is now leaving the project.
2: It
1: can't happen like
2: this, man.
0: <sighs> um, so I st- that I st-
1: yeah, I, I going to say, I still don't think Audi's going to pull out of this project early because it will be a it will be a financial catastrophe. Reputational wise, as well. well let me they were tell you about the Volkswagen Group, Dre. Yeah, uh, <laughs> my, my my next sentence was going to be it wouldn't be the first time Audi's happened to deal with one of them in the last. But you would, would think years. that,
2: like a, a corporation that would want to avoid another high-profile catastrophe, would be one that's just suffered a high-profile catastrophe. Uh, but you know, here we are.
0: It, it just feels like Salber. Um, let's just call them Salber. I'm not calling them by that. They, they can't even call themselves themselves over in their home country.
2: But what's mm-hmm. so but what's so bad about a sports betting agency that deals entirely in cryptocurrency?
0: We I'm don't have so enough
2: runtime left on this show. Okay, <laughs> we can just talk about the latest attempt to be Mitzer at home.
0: Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> but, but but it's. <laughs> they're waiting to become the factory team. They're waiting for the next set of car regulations because those refresh alongside the power units at 26. Um, I really don't... I don't see them doing much in the next couple of years besides simply treading water.
1: Yeah, and, and that's kind of what this feels like to me. They're, they're, I mean... I'd also say there is also heavy rumors that this would be likely Carlos Sainz Jr.'s ideal landing spot post-Ferrari. Um, uh, I want to question that. Is that entirely
2: just based on the fact that his papa drives for Audi in the in rally yes. raid?
0: Yes, but also if he was going to find a seat at a factory entity, this is the last ticket because he's probably not going back to Red Bull that bridge is not only burned down but that the the earth upon which it stood is salted um mercedes has people for lewis's seat and alpine well we'll talk don't about don't, that. don't do that to yourself Will, Carlos. Don't, we'll don't talk don't, don't torture don't do that to yourself
1: no and and that and that's really most routine. yeah and that's really most of what this is it's all just kicking yeah, they're on tick over for another year and a half yet before we really see what the Audi rebrand does to these guys and what the Audi power unit um, ends up being when 2026 drops. We'll have to wait and see. Their testing was milk toast. Nothing like classic Sauber glory running. Glory running Guan Yujo right at the end of um, right at the no, end of testing. Yeah, to, to, to beat Red Bull over the timing screens because I was like, "Yep, there it is, half an hour to go." There's the there's the Salba Glory Run. Everybody, empty your glasses. If you, uh, anyone playing the F1 testing drinking game? Which, in case also that happens, please get help. Um, uh, but yes, that was a very much real thing. But besides that, their testing was nothing to write home about. Nothing particularly awful. Just sort of there. Um, just ticking I think over another on
0: early contender. They're 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 warming up. They're in their bag for their uh, second consecutive participation trophy.
1: They're there. They're it's
0: tend- between
2: Haas. It's between them and Haas out of this series.
1: No, because like
0: Haas are notably bad. Sauber are just there.
1: Yeah, ha- Haas are <clears throat> fun bad. Like It's like Sauber's just boring bad, and I'd argue that's worse. Um, you know, <laughs> if you're going to be it's- terrible, be interesting about it next on the list we have visa cash app rb yes that is the actual name um do not this is the team that that.
2: raced as alpha last year which raced Mm -hmm. Toro rossi before then which before they were bought by uh red bull raced as minority from 1985 to 2005
0: you're telling me red bull's allowed to own two formula one teams we got to write a strongly worded notification about this. Zach,
1: calm down over there. Um, Yeah, Daniel Ricciardo is still here. Uh, He was 17th last year. Yuki Tsunoda is still here as well in the 22 car. Um, He was 14th last season. Yes, I I, I call this the second half of the disfavorable reboot uh, era of this. I mean, uh, at least these sponsors are reputable. That's what I was going to say. (laughs) Who <laughs> gave a fuck about the name Alpha Tauri anyway? You've got Visa. That's a genuinely uh, the thing heavyweight that people, The mm. only
0: thing, the most notable thing that happened with Alpha Tauri, besides the fact that they did win that one race, yeah, famously, mm. um, is the fact that everyone looked at the website and were like, "Oh my god, it's like a three hundred and fifty dollar plain gray T-shirt."
2: Hey, if it's good enough to be the official clothing provider of the FIA, it's good enough for me. Oh, my God. It's another conspiracy. F, FIA bull. OK. FIA bull. OK. Um, but look, look in
0: seriousness. Um, not a great name. I'm just going to call them Visa RB or Racing Bulls or whatever. It's Racing Bulls. It's Racing Bulls. Don't um, call them
2: Minardi. they are three identities removed from that. Stop m- it. That's that's m- just m- a Minardin. cheap cash grab.
0: Minardin. That's a cheap
2: cash grab. Like like um, whenever the Hartford, whenever the Carolina Hurricanes wear their Waylord's uniforms with no attention to playing a game in Connecticut, that's stolen value. <laughs>
0: yeah. Two two major points I say with this team is they're buying more stuff from Red Bull visibly. However, the car is not an RB nineteen clone. Stop it. Get some help. Um. But it looks like it has taken a pretty big step from last year. Which is on the same trajectory of, you know, that, that really that Singapore onwards upgrade mm. that they brought last year, part of which was rolling in the RB19s for a suspension into the car. Um, they look good. They look yeah. real good in testing.
1: They look real solid. They had a lot of good runs, good testing, reliability was fine. Ricardo and Sonoda looked good. Competitive and looked like they were solid midfield runners this year. I, None I've of that th-
0: nasty, you know, um, mid-corner understeer that plagued the last two uh, Alphatares. Because those yeah. cars, like throughout the testing discussion here, the times don't really matter. What matters really is how your long runs look and how the car looks on track. Because you can you can load it up with fuel, you can turn the engine down, but you can't hide a compliant car. Hmm. Uh, and this car looks good.
1: Yeah. It does look good. And I, I remember Sonoda saying when they had their shakedown run at Misano that the car feels like it's in a much better place compared to last year. As Cam mentioned, the, the tricky understeer doesn't seem to be there this year. And Yuki was very happy with where the car is in, in terms of feel at the moment. So, like, this, like, take the piss out of the reboot all you want. It looks like this team is trending in the right direction again. It looks like. I think they've got the best driver pairing in that lower end block with Ricardo and Sonoda there. Um, I feel that like they've got a solid car, and if it continues on the same kind of trajectory that they were towards the end of last season, they should be fighting for minor points. Yeah, again, which, I, I, I think which it should be is, good.
0: It is such a step from last year. I mean, last year, Franz tossed, um, now no longer involved with the running of the team. I was talking about how he doesn't trust his engineers anymore. <laughs>
2: Well, not uh, leave a clean helped. house. Lauren, yeah. Meckes, Laura, is gonna, Lauren Meckes is going to have a real opportunity to wash the Ferrari stink off of him uh, really quickly. And I think both drivers have an opportunity to post really competitive results, which gets me to another talking point. This, this doesn't need to be a situation where one driver needs to win all the head-to-head battles, at least not in my opinion. As long as they're both performing at a reasonable clip, like,
0: yeah, I it, it, it shouldn't be because to, to, to kind of set the table, Yuki Tsunoda was box office last year. Not perfect, mm-hmm. but really when solid. that car was a truck, you know, the first half of the year, he was dragging results out of it that it did not deserve. Um, And then went blow for blow. Once Ricardo was in the car, he went pretty much blow for blow with him for the rest of the year with a Ricardo who was... A far cry from the disastrous McLaren, Daniel Ricciardo. But this is Red Bull. Sorry, Racing Bulls. And we know what this is all about. This is is Daniel auditioning himself for the 2025, or maybe even earlier if Perez lays a particularly large egg, Red Bull seat.
2: It, It could also be Yuki Tsunoda auditioning for a 2026 Aston Martin Honda seat in the near future
0: could be i think he if aston martin is smart which they're not they employ lance stroll um he should be in contention for that already because i I, if you're going to be honda's factory team going forward and you want to be a serious organization i don't think there's a driver you could put in better who's already got ties already got ties to the company and already has proven himself in the past year to be someone who belongs here
1: it's kind, it's, it's kind of unprecedented it's kind of unprecedented we've had this is going to be year 4 for Sonoda in the second team and no one's ever done 4 years at this team um, in a row that's... like in a in a row like this so it just to that,
2: show that like they are serious about like we're, this is not a junior team
0: no, this is a sister team and it's a sister and, team now and and to that point i think again very smart of red bull to well frankly stop pushing against the current and just have them buy parts off of the, the more serious parts off the primary right team because the primary team is cooking with straight napalm right now in their technical department.
1: Do you know and how fucking weird it was for half of last year where Red Bull mm-hmm. had the best and worst teams in Formula One at the same time with the yeah. same power unit? It's crazy. Yeah. Well, well, the, well, the AlphaTauri was never slow in a
2: straight line, now was it? No, it was slow everywhere else. No, uh, uh, That was the problem. And where does Liam Lawson fit in, in all of this? Uh, he's next in line. He's not doing another year in super formula. He wants to stick around in the F1 paddock just in case there's an opportunity for him to uh, fill in as either a reserve driver, whether that's due to injury illness, or if someone within the Red Bull umbrella just
1: underperforms. Yeah. hundred percent. It's, it's it, it makes sense it makes sense that he's that, that he sticks around and doesn't he, he has nothing more to prove in 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 in, the, in other motorsport series like super formula he was fantastic in the one year he spent there last year was a title contender all the way till the very end Ooh. and he the was five superb races, in a short time here yeah and it was in his five race running f1 loss season was superb he's he's f1 ready he's good to go immediately right now um if the right situation befell him and yeah i i but he should be on this grid next year. The question is, how are they going to, how is Red Bull going to manage this if they have half promised him a seat? Because right now for me, there's not an obvious person you take out of the equation to put Lawson in, but we'll have to wait and see how the season plays out first. The, before we the, get to the that
0: question point. mark, the question mark lies up above.
2: I agree. Right. Williams next. Thank goodness they did not. That that terrible rebranding concept was only for a line of like Puma clothes, and that they yeah. didn't actually stick with this. But it's Williams, Alex Albon, a potential driver of the year candidate is back. Logan Sargent, uh, he's here too. He's here too. Um, wow, what to make of the dichotomy between a driver you can make as arguably pound for pound the best in the series and. The driver that was statistically and probably pound for pound, the worst driver in the series.
1: It's amazing how much the narrative can spin on a dime with two drivers, isn't it? I mean, yeah, Alex Albon was superb. He was 10th on the Autosport Top 50 this past year for his performances in that Williams. A controversial ranking, but one I ultimately thought, yeah, I can see it. Um, Albon was, was superb. Last year. He dragged that Williams into many a brilliant drive across the course of the season. He led that team, spearheaded it almost single handedly into that seventh place last year. Now's the tricky part. You've made a push. Can you sustain it? Because the the competition around them is going to be intense this year. We think V Carb is going to be better. We think Alpine could also be in the mix, and Alpine generally are starting from probably a better base than where you are at the moment. And I'm going to be they frank. I have to hope so. And, 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 and frankly, their test was not good. Probably the no. worst on paper, pound for pound.
0: No, they're, um, they've taken a pretty substantial new direction with the front of the car mechanically, and they're still learning that. Um, to save money, they've retained Mercedes' rear end and rear suspension from last year. Which was one of the weaker aspects of last year's Mercedes, Mm. Um, along with the fact that they remain on the pull rod rear end, which doesn't give you as much scope to actually have room in your diffuser, in your ground effect cars. Um, There's another entity, which we'll talk about later, um, also sharing this choice. And the car blew itself up a few times.
1: Yeah, uh, he died on issue. day one. Of, died on day one in testing. Logan Sargent spun the car multiple times. He struggled with the feel of the car. Albon admitted during the test that they think they've solved a lot of their handed in problems from last year, but they've replaced them with a bunch of new ones for this year, which is not necessarily a positive message to take out of that camp um val's tried to paper paper over it a little bit by saying that hey we've got a good base to work with here and we learned a lot from this test but it looks to me as if the the team in this battle for seventh that might be set to slip a bit here is likely them and i'm I'm a little bit
0: concerned that they've they've gone a little bit too far Mm. um Rather than building on the, the the decent base they did last year, and the car isn't so different. Um, but again, it looks like they've they've fixed some problems with last year's car and replaced them with brand new ones. Um, and one of the other things you can judge from preseason testing is reliability, and of the teams, they flunked that. Uh, they were the worst by a margin.
1: And there might be another problem. Alex Albon does have an option for 2025. It's a team option. But let's be frank, we know the score of this with the paddock. There's a Mercedes seat up for grabs. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, the number one option on the board to potentially replace Lewis Hamilton, especially with Ineos ownership involved, if they want the quote-unquote all British team, even though we all know Albon represents Thailand, lads, 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 is Alex Albon, in my opinion. And if Albon went to James Vals and said, "Can I go to Mercedes?" I don't think James would 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 would, uh, would stand in his way. No, he's not, He's a reasonable yeah, man, I, James, from what I've heard of him. And if Albon
0: leaves, what does Williams really have?
1: Zach O'Sullivan, maybe, in the academy?
2: The option to reboot and start over again, because I'm going to be real. uh, Logan Sargent really needs to step up his game to justify his place in the sport for a third season.
0: He was very poor last year. Um, there, There was flashes. There was good stuff, but there was a lot more bad than good.
1: There was a lot more bad than good, and it's a stacked F2 field this year. Williams has actually loaded its academy quite well. And look, James understandably talked up his own academy, but this was in a, this was in regards to the possibility of Kimi Antonelli. Who, hey, if Mercedes don't want to pull the trigger on him just yet, surely if Toto gave James a call, James would respond and say, yeah. "Hey, if the opportunity's there." loan them out again, like he did with George Russell. Yeah. And it would be a much better sit-
2: loan out opportunity than what George was faced with five years ago when Williams 100%. were, yeah, they were, uh, wh- however bad they looked in preseason testing, they looked definitively, they were definitively worse this time, five years ago. We thought uh, they I mean, were going on
0: dude, dude, dude! five years ago. They showed up late with an illegal car. <laughs> that was the slowest car in Williams F1 history relative to the field.
1: Yeah, remember, that, remember that Paddy Lowe era. It was a fun and time. And that car wasn't it? scored a point. <laughs> it did get one point. It did by get the one... grace
0: of the drag strip, of poor judgment, and nothing else. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I do think Williams. I, I think that their trajectory would probably be a little bit similar to last year. But I do not think they're going to have the safety net underneath them of Alpha AlphaTauri now racing bulls starting off with a sled.
2: Speaking of teams that are starting off with a sled and are trending downwards uh, after testing, let's talk about the Alpine F1 team. Oh boy! Um, get your hazmat suits on.
1: This is this is uh, rough. Um, for, is it a good sign that the most exciting part of their off season was them exposing the fact they lied about what their new car was going to look like? Me when I lie, I
0: love. To I, li- lie. I love lie. Me when I lie on the internet. Um, uh, I don't know, Dre. I think the better part of their offseason is when it was described as slow, overweight, underpowered, and possibly one of the worst cars in the field by multiple pundits.
2: You know, it's bad when there are rumors going around on social media that Alpine engineers are liking tweets about how terrible things are.
1: And then deactivating their accounts. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, the, the perennial no man's land inhabitants of last year um, I, I, I don't even know what to say about it I'll be like that their, their test they did a lot of running on fairly high fuel um, I don't think they did a lot of representative running as far as one lap pace but the car just doesn't it just doesn't look good out on track it's it's like every time Gasly and Acon turn into a corner they're not quite sure what they're gonna get
1: it's not been confidence-inspiring, is what I will say. We know, track what the, we, we know what the biggest issue with their car is, their their powertrain and the fact it's between 30 and 40 horsepower down, according to Ottmar Safnauer when he was there last year. Um, it's, just it's crazy. T- they sacked Ottmar Safnauer and now the team's
2: worst? That's ridiculous. This was supposed to be the fits all to all their problems.
1: And let's not forget, they've now made Bruno Faman their permanent team boss now like that was announced when they revealed their car that he's now permanently in charge and it, and let's not forget he is the fourth team boss this team has had in the last four years but the thing is i
0: mean the last two cars the last two cars were hamstrung by their power units but they weren't clearly bad on paper clearly good chassis the last two years i mean last year at the at the, the low power dependency tracks they were quite good they could kind of nip at the heels of ferrari and Mercedes. On a good weekend um but this year it just it doesn't look good it doesn't look good track side um they set no laps below one minute 32
1: now Alpine generally tends to go high fuel on their tests from what we've seen from their patterns but not even a glory run to placate some of the Murmurs about this this car being terrible is probably not a good PR move from the team in this sense. Like, give me something here. It was like we know this team on paper is good. It has a good chassis. The drivers are are very solid for where they are in the standings. Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly are two good drivers and i think gasly just came off his best year in f1 i thought he yeah. was very good last year to be able to walk into alpine straight away and trade punches with esteban ocon that's good that's a good sign that gasly now belongs on this grid his few years
0: there trading punches with fernando alonso who we know has been phenomenal yeah. uh, over at aston martin it's a good
1: yardstick um, that gasly actually does belong on this grid the, but he's not the problem neither is esteban the problem is that this team looks like it's donkey at the moment and it's 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 not ideal and they've already sold off a quarter of this team to raise 200 million euros in cash last summer. Because hey, some Taylor Swift's boyfriend now owns a chunk of this team. Isn't that cute?
0: <laughs> well, it's a good thing that he won something because I don't think he's seeing this car win much of anything this year. I, I, I just, it's the <laughs> same deal with, um, same deal with Salber. Really, is it feels like until the new powertrain regulations come around. Even if they do get the chassis in order, I just don't see how they get they move forward. Because thirty to forty horsepower, that's free lap time.
1: Yeah. That's free lap time that
0: everyone else on this grid has over you.
2: But apparently not as much free lap time as taking all the paint out of the car.
0: Uh and the car is barely painted. And I'd
2: like to remind everybody that both <laughs> Bull teams this? paint their what, whole what cars. What is good about this? The RB19 the was painted from tip to toe. Imagine if it would have
0: been even fat. They might have won Singapore if it wasn't painted.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, like, it's and the paint they did out on day three was worse it looked uglier uh, I, I, it's it's wild in that sense and yeah look I think Alpine was the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of how he felt about unpainted carbon fibre liveries um, on that one it's just there's not an awful lot of nice to come out of that camp at the moment and it doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence in regards to what Alpine doing. I mean, I've, I've said before I think they are the most difficult team to place on this rankings because my first thought is is it really as bad as what some of the press are saying? saying? and I guess there's only one way to find out next week. Um, But it doesn't exactly fill me with confidence on that. Now, this is what I'd like to call now the contender's wing. This is where we get to the slightly more serious teams. And first up is Aston Martin, Fernando Alonso, who was fourth in the championship last year, phenomenal season from him, and Lance Stroll, who was there in 10th. He existed. Now, forgive me if I'm wrong on this, fellas. Feel free to cut me on this one. Fernando Alonso loved being an Aston Martin last year by the accounts of it, right? He seemed genuinely yeah. happy to be there, and the team yeah. made a big step forward. They were you know, they were contending for wins at one point. They were certainly on the podium multiple times. I think they had eight podiums last year. The big step forward for the team. Mike Crack loves Fernando. Openly said towards the end of last season, we want to give Fernando a new contract and keep him here for as long as he wants to be here. So if that's the case, why hasn't he signed a new deal yet, RJ? Um... Talk to me about your mans. Well, is he could. games again? <sighs>
2: yeah. Um, look, I, I've never said that Fernando Alonso is always at a team for a long time. He's at a team for a good time. And he probably sees... Me when I there,
0: lie on the internet.
2: There is a team that is uh, having... Okay, he, he's playing things, with his meat. <sighs> Whoa, whoa whoa yes okay okay yes.
0: doc okay Coach Rivers. okay
2: he is yes oh. he is potentially angling for a move to take over the seat that will soon be vacated by his longtime good buddy good pal best co-worker he's ever worked with lewis hamilton Ever. <laughs> anything AMG you can F- do 18.
0: i can do better i can do anything better than you
2: no, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. Well, um, uh,
0: little did they know that commercial
1: would be so prophetic. Mm, I just love the and cameo, personally. A big fan of that, personally. But yes, <laughs> it's an interesting dynamic. Fernando Alonso's in a contract year. Um, it's, it's an interesting sort of space where... Alonso is showing no signs of wanting to hang this up. He's uh, he's openly talked about the possibility of driving until he's 50. Um, the man really is born to race at this point. If he gets to 2026, he'll be the first 45-year-old on the grid since Graham Hill. Yeah. And he's still fast. He's still he's performing. Still, he was fantastic last year. He was a driver of the year candidate. He, he, he was fantastic last year. He, he's proven that even... Even in his age 42 season, he's still one of the four or five best drivers in the world right now. And he just hasn't won a race in 11 years.
2: Which is I don't think that's cha- I, I don't think that's changing this year. I'll be no. honest. Oh, Probably uh,
0: not. Th- the chance the chance was Monaco last year and they blew the tire switch.
1: The question on my mind is, because I think they had a ho-hum test, Aston Martin. Mm. There was nothing to write home about, nothing that was particularly alarming. I think that it's fine on track. I think they're going to be in that block for second again between them and three other teams. What's going to happen when the development cycle starts this time? Because they've st- they got stuff cooking. They've got the wind time that they're moving into later this year. Their new factory is going to finally be done um, later on this season. That might be a bigger impact for next year in the 2026 regulation shift. But what does this team do when the development cycle hits? Because that's where the problem started last year.
0: Well, I guess we'll find out. Um, this this car looks like a nice development of last year's car. There's a few really nice details on it. And I think that it was a, a fairly quiet, but quietly confident test. The car looks nice out on track. Mm. Um, But again, I think a team that is in a little bit of limbo as they prepare for the new regulations and becoming the Honda factory partner for 26. Um, and I think if they're smart, that's where basically all of their development goes once they are allowed to start working in that new wind tunnel um, and with their power unit supplier in the near future. So I don't know how much focus they're really going to put on this year.
1: Yeah, that's that's the vibe at the moment. And There's another elephant in the room. Lance.
2: Lance a
0: million stroll. Well,
2: well. if you ask anybody when they're talking about, you know, Bianca Bustamante from the F1 Academy, they'll tell you that Lance Stroll is the greatest driver and that untalented women like Bianca are just jealous that he's so great.
1: You, you had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> I will, I will um, tell I'm you like...
2: for free that that, that, that sort of pumping the tires is about as sincere as, well... We were just talking about Fernando Alonso's long-term loyalty problems with organizations. It's even look. I had I was one of the people that like had high hopes for Lance. I didn't actually see him as like a middling waste. Neither of space free Driver. Me, but me it's year. It's year eight. Year eight.
1: It's year year eight. eight. He's always going to turn twenty cents this year, and he's just there. Because because it, it, it's it, it's it's hard to even talk about Lance Stroll with any real sense of jeopardy because we know his seat is safe. Um, we know that. I mean, if anything, Draft to Survive season six only cemented further that that really is his team and that really is going to be his place seemingly for life mm. unless something dramatic happens in the Stroll family setup because he's just there and. He, like, he was 10th the standings in a car that was capable of a lot more than that with better hands. There's no getting around that at this point. And it's only going to get more and more frustrating because Aston Martin are not a bottom feeding team anymore. They are genuinely in the fight for as they're good as second to,
0: They're angling to try and get in contention for championships in the next couple of years.
1: Right. They are making not a championship factory. level moves. They've, they've
0: they've taken. You're not a factory swings. team in this space unless you want to go win titles.
1: Look, Aston Martin, and, and to be fair to Lawrence Stroll, he is taking the big swings you would hope a team with his level of ambition would take. New factory, new wind tunnel, pumping resources in, expanding the team roster, hiring an elite driver. He's doing, doing what all... we've
0: been pleading for Gene to
1: do with Haas. Yeah. yeah I'll, but
2: I'll, the thing is, nobody at, will be... take this team seriously uh, as long as his son has a seat.
1: And that's the problem. You're doing all the other big steps. And, with, and credit to Lawrence Straw where it's due. He's doing all the right things except the big one, hiring his son. Because unfortunately, until they replace him, this team is going to be a hindrance. They are leaving how much, points. How much,
2: how much do you think that the prospect of him being quietly moved on to the new Valkyrie hypercar program is just copium, hopium, if you will?
0: It's hope. um Pure
1: narcotic. They're keeping him there because we all, we've we all known Lawrence has dumped tens of millions of pounds into his son for him to be an F1 world champion one day. They've, they've come too far to give up now. I don't because think it's going to happen. Me neither. Lance Stroll's there for life unless Lance... Is, uh, unless Lawrence has either a breakthrough season or he just doesn't want to do this anymore for whatever reason because he has had his petulant spats with media and his people within his own team before. Yeah, if anything, but I so think the thing that,
2: I think the thing that would keep Lawrence that would like make Lance leave is just of his own of his own free will. Yeah. If, oh, if he still wants to do it, Lawrence will still fund him in a seat. If he doesn't want to do it anymore, Lawrence will probably just be like, you know what, cool. We'll probably offer you a seat on the board anyway. Like I said, he, he's got—I don't know, man.
1: Yeah, it's—I I just don't get it at this point. Well, to be fair, I do exactly get it, and unfortunately, that's I get the it, problem. but I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, that, that sums it up. Team needs to figure out where it can make gains. I think it will, but there's always going to be that stumbling block of Lance compared to. The other teams they're competing with who all, in my opinion, have stronger lineups across the board. Um, you know, Alonso is a fantastic driver to have. They might lose him because, like I said, Alonso, we all know Alonso is about as loyal as, uh, well, pff, most modern day footballers, which kind of says it all, really. Um, about as loyal as Kylian Mbappe. Um, that, that, that's my why I was looking for He will be to- there no matter what. It, yeah, until Mercedes gives him an offer. and We all know if Alonso gets an offer, Alonso will fucking move because we all know what he's like. like it, it, oh, yeah. One one last shot at glory at Mercedes makes a whole heap of sense for a guy entering his age 43 season. But that's why I look at it. But next on the list is McLaren. Lando Norris was sixth in the standings last year. Oscar Piastri was ninth. Um, the obvious headline... Oh, uh- You all doubted.
2: You all diminished. You all trashed the McProcess, and then it finally came good.
1: Don't do not bullshit me, O'Connell. And you actually thought Uh, that uh, McLaren was going to have a two hundred and fifty point turnaround? Midsize. The McProcess. You know,
0: a broken clock is right twice a day, and RJ O'Connell was right for the first time in ten years about (laughs) McLaren F1 team.
1: (laughs) McLaren had. Like McLaren had arguably the best in-season turnaround we've ever seen in F1 halfway through last season. They went from, I want to say it was 16 points halfway through Austria to 300 by the end of the year. They were trending to be good. the second best team in F1 if the season had gone on for another five or six more rounds. Look, this is a team that, again, has made big swings new wind tunnel now in place. They ignored the possibility of Alex Pillow or Pato Award. They, go, they went and got Oscar Piastri in controversial manners and Piastri delivered. Lando Norris ignored the standings and he had his best year in F1 last year. I thought he was sensational in, in 2023. Things I think it well, was
2: justified
1: to make the move. Absolutely. Like, Do like, hey, like, you, like, you see Alpine? Yeah. Yeah. Do not get me wrong. Oscar was not the, was not the issue with that. It was the napkin the contract was written on, but but the, the one I'm getting at here is that on top of that they've also made big moves off the track. The new wind tunnel is now cooking. They brought in Rob Marshall from Red Bull. David Sanchez is back with the team from Ferrari. Um, they've make they're making big plays and they help. They even doubled down on the marketing drive because Zach Brown. To Zach's credit normally is quite honest about expectations. It's one of the few things he is honest about. He generally doesn't bullshit people when it comes to performance. They said this time last year they were looking they were going to struggle for the first chunk of the season. He was right, and then when the package came it was fantastic. This time they doubled down and went with the what I like to call the whatever it takes campaign. They went hard on promoting this season as this is going to be the year we're contenders. They
2: kept all the receipts from er- from this time last year in their promo video. It's I crazy. actually
1: noticed the fact that they were using headlines from the race when I was working for them last year and keeping them from February, they changed the font size and the style halfway through they last year. They were
0: screenshotting year. that shit in period.
1: <laughs> they were yeah. They, they, that they were using the Wayback Machine or some shit because they were keeping the receipts as part of that campaign. They've talked the big one, and their test was mediocre. I don't
0: know. I don't know if I know if I'd call the test mediocre. I think car-wise, they are right in that that chasing pack. But let's just say the gap to the front mm-hmm. ain't smaller. No,
1: no. I think no. they're smack dab where they were last year. I think they're going to be in the middle of a Ferrari and Mercedes sandwich. I-, I think they're going. I think you've got your
0: three potentially four way if Aston Martin is good. Um, scrap for second. I agree. Which, interestingly, I think of this. It, 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 Creates a really weird dynamic with the limited points in F1 where it feels like actually the gaps between the front half and the back half of the field, most of these points-paying positions are going to be deadlocked provided people don't, you know, fuck around and find out. I mean, out. we
2: talked about that last year, you know, yeah. for, for the teams in the lower midfield and the and the back markers, if you will, like every point they could get was so, so very important.
0: Massively. Like- well, And unfortunately McLaren left a ton of those on the table in the first half because the car was awful. And then you had Aston Martin, one side of the garage was leaving a lot of points on the table.
1: I look at McLaren this year and I think you've talked a lot of shit this off season. You've written a lot of checks and now you've got to start cashing them in. And anything less than third is going to be a disappointment for McLaren this year. I think they, they should be aiming for top three comfortably. Definitely. And I but think they, they've
2: got the drivers to do it. As you mentioned, do. Lando drivers Norris. drivers are had, not the problem. Yeah. Lando Norris was exceptional. You can talk all you want about, oh, he's Lando, no wins. He hasn't won a race yet. I think into that wins bullshit. coming.
1: It, it, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. In what position? He's been in position to win a race. And he made a wrong call in weather. That's yeah, racing. It
1: happens. Look, I have no issue with Norris whatsoever. Yes, people pointed out the quarter flying pace. If he turns it down 2%, he'll be fine. Lando is a sensational driver. I mean, he is a top five driver in the world today. He's the perfect guy to spearhead this team and this new McLaren brand. And look. He signed a long-term contract extension to prove it. Yep. Yeah. This team well, is could, now, We could have been the next man up at Mercedes. Yeah, yeah. We like, could have mm. been. Should have been. This, This team is now locked in driver-wise until 2027.
0: They're locked in power unit-wise tied to Mercedes basically until further notice.
1: Yeah, like this is a team that is is, is building continuity and Oscar Piastri, I am still concerned about his tyre management because there was a long run on day three where he was losing a second lap to Fernando Alonso when the tyres were started to get used up. I worry about Oscar's time. I, imagine he, we, we, I remember when this was happening, me and King, um, you know, Ryan King, of course, looked at some of the junior career of Oscar. And there was an alarming thing. We pointed out that most of his points in Formula 2 came from the sprint. He's a, he, he is the perfect moniker of his F1, 20, 20, F1 Manager 22 profile, where all these points have been put into raw pace. He's incredibly quick, but I do worry about his tyre manager is going to get exposed a bit more this year.
0: I do agree to an extent. I also think, like, Lando, I think, is quite great. It Like, on the field, is one of the better tyre managers. I think a couple of years, kind of in no man's land at McLaren, really taught him how to manage a race. Hmm. But also, I do wonder if it's a little bit of a trait of the McLaren, because that's where especially last year on one lap pace, they had the strongest car in the field at times. And then we would get to race day and Red Bull would rip them to pieces. Well, that's um, Red
2: Bull. That car is just so good at everything. Especially but but that's I just it, good. is that
0: the Red Bull's X factor and the reason why it was so damn unbeatable last year wasn't the fact that it would kill you over a lap. It would be death by a thousand cuts. We'd re- reach lap seven or eight and suddenly Max would just start ripping over half a second out of the field every lap. Right. Um so I think that is something and I think it's something in the mechanical platform of the car that McLaren talked about late last year that they need 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 to address this year if they don't want to just be in the chasing pack but have an X factor to go and try and hunt some wins down.
1: I'm not sure where that's going to come from like um maybe they, having a, a better second driver will help them in the long run but I'm not I'm not seeing it. I don't think it's it a yet. question
0: of the drivers. No, I don't, I don't think either.
1: so either. No, me neither. Strong team, but they need to be finishing third minimum this season, in my opinion. Otherwise, people are going to be asking questions because, like I said, they, they've they've been very people have been outward. asking questions for eleven years at McLaren. Yeah, like everybody. Like here's what I want to say real quick as well before we move on. We rag on Ferrari for being the perennial underachievers and the haunts. We've also seemingly forgotten that McLaren's now also gone 15 years since their last championship. You know what
2: this is? This is like when everybody rags on the Dallas Cowboys for winning nothing the last 30 years mm. and then reminding people like, yeah, the San Francisco 49ers have actually had a longer championship drought.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and the 49ers <laughs> have only been back to relevance somewhat recently.
2: HR wants you to know the uh, the, the difference <laughs> between flirting and harassment. <laughs> oh although although that's gonna come up here. Um Mercedes oh no. Mercedes AMG F one team. Yes, this is this is the Lewis Hamilton 44 appreciation tour, the last call, the Arriva Derchi tour, whatever you want to call it. It's been a good run. George Russell's here too.
1: <laughs> Anything happened in Brackley this offseason
0: season? <laughs> no, no, no. Well so your Mercedes Formula One team. And you just got shredded the last two years, so you copy the philosophy of last year's crushingly dominant car, only for the new version of last year's crushingly dominant car to come out with bits and pieces from your car from last year—the
2: the concept that you famously failed with—that is Some now a famous
0: small copy odds concept. and ends from that concept. Yeah. Sorry, the Red Bull is not a zero pod. What the Mercedes is, though, thus far, well, it's a hell of a lot better than last year now, isn't it? Because last year couldn't have gone gone much worse. Um, How do we rate Mercedes test?
1: It was there. They were there. They ran with a bunch of fuel
0: on board. The car looks fine, which is a a far cry from the last two years between the Pogo stick and the Drift Mobile. But I don't think th- this is not a return to the Mercedes of old.
1: No, it looks like they're again firmly in that second group. That's that's the impression that I get. There was nothing there that leapt off the page to say that Mercs will be anything more than challenging for second again. The, it's it's and the difference is between them and McLaren is. With McLaren, we've been used to them underperforming. Mercedes, we know, wants to win championships. We know they have the Brackley super unit. Um, They're pouring 70 million into their factory over the next three years to turn it into basically a village when it comes to how their factory is going to be developing in the coming years. And let's be real here. No one talks more shit than Mercedes and some of its fans do. This some is of a team we measure in the yeah, like this is a team we measure in the context of major champions, and I can already yeah. see the turn happening because a lot of people were very quick to torch Toto Wolff and torch Mercedes for not keeping Lewis Hamilton. Now, I've always said torching Toto Wolff for having only eleven years of Lewis Hamilton and not thirteen isn't the flex you think it is. But this is a team that should be expected to be title contenders, and it's going to be year three of them not doing that, and that's going to piss off a lot of people. And that's what's driven Hamilton away, because we know mm. he wants title number eight, and
2: the way it's trending right now, it's not going to happen with Mercedes. And he doesn't have much time left.
0: It ain't happening across the bridge either. Um, I think Mercedes is in a really weird spot because... It's the end of the Lewis era. This is the last year. We don't know who they're going to slot into that seat for 25. And they're running out of time under these regulations. We've got two more years. Two years left. Um, They botched they botched the initial ground effect car so badly that this is where they are now.
2: Famous internet copy copypasta and all Famous that. Famous
0: internet copy pasta. The car does have side pods, big downwashing ramp ones. And they've made they've made a few steps. If out of all the cars, this is the most changed car. This is a 100% new car, front to back. There's a lot of really nice detail on it. There's some things that I think are going to be very difficult to copy. Their front wing is a fantastic interpretation of the regulations, just on the limit of them, but I would say definitely legal. And I think the objective here. I don't think they're going to be all that competitive to start with, but they have a much, much better base to build from than they have the last two years. I think their objective this year has to be build up through this season and then throw the dice on next year to try and develop this into something resembling a championship contender
1: you need I you do. need to be coming body you need to be a clear second body end of the you year you
0: need to be giving red bull problems cuz i mean last year you know everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face right mercedes got all 32 mm-hmm. knocked out in a single punch in bahrain
2: and yet it was yeah. still good enough for second because their main they, competition just kept tripping over themselves without even horrible. having the second best car
0: <laughs> McLaren started off the year horrible. Aston Martin finished out horrible. And Ferrari's car has never seen a set of Pirelli tires that it hasn't eaten, making cookie monster noises. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 yeah, got second it's... in the constructors by doing nothing. And I think the, the very,
1: very big, big Luigi big energy. energy. <laughs>
0: and I, I don't think they're going to ha- be able to get away with that this year. I think the, this year's Ferrari, which we'll get to next, is a Big step forward for them, and Mercedes needs to make an equivalent step, a bigger step, in having a better I, base I, I, and I, being able to develop it across the season.
1: And I do wonder how checked in Lewis Hamilton's going to be because Merckx can't help him this year. They they can't have force him having trade secrets to send to Ferrari. So Hamilton's going to be getting the addicts below frozen treatment, while George Russell's going to be spearheading this team going forward. They're going to have an open seat. They've got to replace him with. I would say I mentioned it earlier. Albon and Antonetti are likely their two favourites um, for for that role. Most likely. I wonder what the last year of Hamilton and Silver is going to look like. He, 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 how checked in mentally is he going to be early on if he knows he can't win a title with this team? I
0: would say if we roll into Bahrain and it's another Super Saiyan two Gohan punch to the gut in Bahrain. I don't know. I don't know. I think a lot of the work, I I think a lot of the the long-term impactful work with Mercedes this year is going to be happening on the inside and not a lot of it's going to be visible out on track.
1: I agree. I agree. Also, curious to see what how George Russell gets on, given he made a lot of little errors last year that added up to a lot of problems. I yeah, like what George do we want out of George Russell?
0: Um, Stop making mistakes.
1: Don't overdrive it.
0: He, he's he's got to raise the floor because his ceiling is still one of the best in the field. But Agreed. there was way too many times last year where he and look, he was trying to get blood from a stone. Everyone not driving an RB19 was trying to get blood from a stone. Differences most other people weren't throwing in at walls every two weekends um i mean for me like, like the singapore crash was just stupid there was a lot of errors where you go that doesn't look like a guy in year five or six of a formula one career and not and it didn't look like the guy who was mr consistency in 2022 again getting blood from a stone and making something out of a very problematic car two years ago didn't look like the same driver who was so impressive in twenty two.
1: Indeed, um, I mean, know what he's capable of, and I, I, I think the pace is still definitely there from George, and I think that's half the battle with with hey, what he is as a driver. Exactly, um, and as Kira points out in our chat, I mean, he was Mister Saturday. He's always been. He's been the. He's an outstanding qualifier, and uh, he, he is. Equal with Lewis in terms of over a single lap, um, which is a, a fine compliment from a man has got over a hundred pole positions in his in his life. Mm. Like he just needs to get it down on Sundays again, like he did in twenty twenty two. If he does that, he'll be absolutely fine. He'll be one of the best drivers in the field by the end of the year again. No, no, no problem in my mind about that. The Prancing Haunts, Scuderia Ferrari, Charles Leclerc fifth in the standings last year. Carlos signs seventh. Hey, did anything interesting happen in Maranello this past off season? Um.
0: Uh, they fired oh. some people. They hired some people, uh, mm-hmm.
1: and they're going to hire another person. Some and guy named fire Lewis. Yeah, yeah. is quite good. Yeah, he's pretty but good. But that's a year away. Here is now, and look, it's it's an, it's, it's an interesting time for Ferrari because again, this feels like another transition year because Hamilton is coming. That's a transcendent move. It's going to cause. Shock waves amongst F1 and beyond, um, but they've got to get through this year first. And look, I think they had they had besides Red Bull the best test in the field. Oh, yeah, I thought they looked really, really solid on track in testing. I think their car looks planted. I think it looks solid. I'm hearing they've gone down the close development path, which is what they should have been doing two years ago, and I'm glad they finally clocked that. Um, and quite frankly, Fred Vassa has a shot of being Pope next year purely by bringing in Lewis Hamilton. That is a Omega move, and uh, no matter which way you cut it, he's an upgrade on Carlos Sainz. And I and I like Carlos. We all like Carlos on this show, yeah. but he's no Lewis. No. Um, this team is cooking. There's no getting around it. I think there's been a wake-up call in Marinello because I like what this team is doing right now.
2: Yeah, they're they're serious about like trying to get back to the way business should be done at Marinello, the way business was done. About God, is it really 25 years ago since the start of the Schumacher run? Jesus Christ, I'm gonna.
0: 20 years since Schumacher's last title in red. Um, and then they changed the Again, size.
2: Uh, they're doing something. Yeah, um, they are. So, so first of all, like the promo where they botched the pit stop is crazy. yeah, the, the, the most we'll...
0: Ferrari promotional shot in the history of Scooteria Ferrari. <laughs> the only way it could have
2: gotten more Ferraris if the thing threw a rod on watching. Um, but also, Cam, they're doing something a bit different with the uh, the rear suspension. Uh, yes,
0: they, along with Williams, who are using last year Mercedes gearbox, and Haas, who buy everything from Ferrari are the only teams left with pull-rod rear end. Ironically, the team that innovated pull-rod rear end back in 09, Red Bull, were one of the first ones to bail on it under this generation of cars. And the mm. last ones with push-rod rear end, other the old rules, Ferrari in 2011 have now retained pull-rod rear end now. Time is stupid. And
1: is it, it's, a, it's a social concept crafted by big clock.
0: Uh, big, it's sell more <laughs> clocks. Um, And I don't know how much it's going to limit them now. It does concern me a little bit because generally, while pull rod gives you a little bit better overbody aero on the back of the car and has some weight distribution benefits, it also has your suspension components right down in the bottom of the gearbox where you're supposed to have floor. So we'll see how they get on with that. I do think it might limit their ability to generate downforce a little bit, maybe across the season. Uh, The bigger concern for me is that the only time they were faster than Red Bull this test is when they were on faster compounds. C4 and
1: and C5s, which are not even being used in Bahrain this weekend. They they go one to three in Bahrain. And if you discount the one lap
0: times, because that's where Ferrari were excelling, and the car looks good trackside. I think that's the difference. Last year, they could get a lap out of it, but the car looked um, looked like pure violence out on track. And that was borne out in the fact that it could not manage tires worth a damn. The bigger concern is that Max shot them to pieces on long runs on equivalent mm,
1: tire. And, and that's Ferrari's biggest problem. Last year, we saw them just, Fundamentally, not understand, especially harder compound rubber. Yeah, the softer compounds know,
0: oh. would tend to hide the problems with the car. You have higher yeah, initial grip, yeah. and then harder compounds. And this has been, a th- God, this has been a thing for ten years. Remember the F fourteen T coming really good at places like Hungary and Singapore when you were on really mm. soft tires.
2: But how many yeah. races did that F fourteen T? Jack mean? shit,
0: zero. Yeah. Uh, that car was a. Pile. um Well, how many races did last year's car win? I of one. One.
1: Also, uh, in Singapore. One at Singapore. Singapore. But... Uh, also, on very soft rubber.
0: And that's just it. Is that this year? I I think that Ferrari are definitively right now. They are the chaser. They are second place. I think their car looks good on track. I think they have two yeah. exceptional drivers when they want to be. Charles Leclerc needs to stop crashing the car sometimes. Carlos Sainz needs to stop needs to stop disappearing for entire weekends at a time. He closed, yeah, out, he Sainz, closed out last year you're, you're, like junk.
2: Carlos Sainz has an opportunity to secure himself a, a good ride after Ferrari. So it would it would best be it'd be a best interest to to regularly perform at and above expectations.
0: Um, Carlos Sainz could... I don't mean Carlos just Sainz like could get either, the one win. Carlos Sainz could either race himself into a seat until further notice, or he could race himself out of Formula One this year. And I really don't know which going into this year. I couldn't call it. Um,
2: Charles Leclerc, on the other hand, he's got that security. The one lap a new
1: five year yeah, a new five year deal to secure him at Ferrari until 2028.
0: He's here for the long haul. The one lap animal. Terrific to close out the season last year, undone a bit by the fact that the car kept exploding. Or not being legal. Or not being legal. Or both. Yeah. Um or both. It just it, it, for me this gives off huge 2015, 2016 Ferrari vibes. Where they've had a very solid preseason and there's a lot of talk coming out of the Italian media, and I think they are gonna get blown into the weeds, race one.
1: We'll have to see. I mean, it's it's Ferrari. We all know how passionate their fan base is. They want to be winning again. It's been 15 years since their last championship. They they've got the excitement of Hamilton coming. They want something to hang on to for the future here, and I think there is something here, definitely, but not what they think it is. I think we need to. They need to start thinking about 26, not 24 or well, that's 25. That's why Lewis is right going now.
0: there. The idea, just like Mercedes, it it is a mirror move to what happened at Mercedes. One year under the old rules to acclimate to the team, to understand their processes, and then they go into the new regulations, fully integrated into the team.
1: Right. And and that is the right way to do it. Hamilton's play right now is going to be... Try and talk as many key people from Mercedes to making the move with you. 25 will be learning the team. 26 will be okay. Showtime, basically. And what can they do when the new regulations hit in 26? It's a three-year plan for Hamilton right now. And year one starts right now. And Ferrari are going to have to do what they can with what they've got to facilitate that. Good luck to them. Red Bull. Well, there's unfortunately, yes, we know Verstappen was champion. Yes, Sergio Perez was runner-up last year. And yes, they're probably going to dominate the championship again. I would cut probably. Yeah, um, I'm trying to be nice about this, but there's no getting around it. There is a dark elephant in the room regarding this team right now. And be careful, listeners of the show, this is going to be a sensitive subject area, so look after yourselves on this one. There are dark allegations against Christian Horner, given he's under investigation right now by Big Red Bull, not the racing team, actual Red Bull, in pertaining to what Sky Sports call coercive and controlling behaviour. The Telegraph, one of the leading newspapers in the Netherlands, has gone as far as to call it sexual harassment, with over 100, quote, pieces of evidence that was used in an interrogation against Horner last week when Red Bull, who brought in an independent third-party barrister to conduct the investigation, interrogated Horner over. And it was an eight-hour-plus interview, um, according to what Sky Sports reported at the time. Now, we don't know all the facts, Um, this investigation, quite rightly, has been done in private. Um, We don't know the full details, we don't know the timescale, and we don't know exactly what has happened. So we can only speculate on this to a degree. Um, What we do know is is that there is a lot of pressure um, from outside of the Red Bull uh, bubble or environment, you could say, pertaining to what this could be. The big one is the Ford Motor Company,
2: who have a deal in place to become the new power unit partner for Red Bull in 2026, and their CEO Jim Farley has made it abundantly clear: like we need, we need to see some progress on this mm-hmm. whole thing.
0: Yeah, because uh, as and of time of I, recording, I, um, um, hmm. the the outcome of that investigation is still ongoing.
1: We don't know, and honestly, I. <sighs> I understand Ford's frustration, but I don't like the idea of big entities trying to put pressure on an investigation that's already in progress. The best thing on a a human level, the best thing we can do is let the third party do its job to the best of its ability and not feel any external pressure from big corporate partners who have their own agendas and their own plans in place. Well, Ford's agenda
2: is simple. They don't want to get into a bed with a company that is, that they think is going to protect the set's pest.
1: Yeah. And that's completely understandable, but putting more pressure on a third party to conduct an investigation quickly doesn't help anybody either. In my opinion, you've got to let, you got to let the investigation run its course. Um, nothing should be in the way to potentially compromise that and unfortunately outside media pressure is going to be a factor in this whether we like to admit it or not what I don't like about dealing with this more than the obvious is the fact that one it's being used as brownie points by dickhead fans on the internet and it pertains to Red Bull as a team in general and the seemingly forgotten part that someone has allegedly been harassed in a workplace that's horrible it's objectively horrible and it sucks that F one, which we all know is an antiquated fucking sport at the best of times, is having to deal with one of the biggest names in the business potentially being a sex pest, allegedly. It's 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 it, it's horrible for everybody involved, but on, on a human level, I feel like, like like I feel like that's been forgotten about. In all of this, forgetting it's, it's, that, it's you know, all been in the, in the
0: quest for brownie points, we're talking about people's lives here,
1: yeah. And look, it's hard to even talk about Red Bull with a straight face given all of this because it's a horrible fucking story. And yeah. I sincerely hope the victim is getting all the support they need in what must be an incredibly difficult time. Um, it, it takes incredible bravery to come out and speak against not only your boss, but also one of the most powerful and influential people in this sport. That cannot have, be an easy thing I have no to do.
2: idea why Red Bull, why he is still, like, while under investigation, why he's still serving as active
1: team principal. That's what shocks me. If, if what the Telegraph is saying is true, and there is over a 100 pieces of evidence to go through here, why on earth has Red Bull Racing not suspended Christian Horner through this investigation? But what, but what I'm
2: just thinking about is just like, regardless of whether or not this is true, like when you're under investigation for something like this, I think it would be in your best interest to be held aside. Like, think back to 2015. Like, Kurt Busch had some horrible allegations against him that were eventually proven to be nonsense, but, you know, Stuart Haas Racing didn't put him in the car while all that was going
1: on. There's no benefit to be gained from doing that. And look, on a on a on a purely from a business level, Jonathan Wheatley is an excellent sporting director. He can handle business in a short term period while this is going on. You can have him represent the team at a higher level while you're rolling out your car. I was in shock when Christian Horner was there when they when they revealed the RB twenty and he's hanging out rubbing shoulders of influencers at the Milton Keynes car launch. I'm like how are you guys all doing this with a straight face, knowing the allegations that's going on with him right now? I found that alarming to me. That like, like the Christian Horner himself was interviewed by Sky during the night and called it a distraction. What the fuck are we doing here? It's just, it's the ugly nature of sports, of, of sports and piss poor management and just just the nasty side of sports coming into play politically again. I, I I don't I do not understand why Red Bull hasn't pulled Horner off the front line while this investigation takes place. And yet yeah. yeah, he's gonna be facing more questions, more media pressure, and everyone's gonna be asking these like I'm not I don't fully agree with Ford's approach, but I do understand why they're asking questions. It makes sense because as far as we're aware from the outside looking in it's business as usual and that shouldn't be happening with the level of allegations we're talking about here
2: yeah no i agree and i think when, when people who aren't even invested in like picking a side between team lh or team mv when they say that when they say that like rebel has a culture problem this is the kind of shit that they're talking about
1: it's not the first example it's not even the first example in the last 12 months
2: yeah. maybe maybe the ultras maybe the
1: stands they might have a point because this keeps coming up with Red Bull. This this is not the first time this has come up with Red Bull. Maybe not to this extreme, but certainly in terms of questionable shit that goes on under their umbrella. How many times does this, does this have to keep happening before we just say it with our full chests? But... You know, as, Helmet as Marcus, long as, fans, as
2: Christian Horner, what
1: this keeps happening,
2: as long as we're as long as we're pumping
1: their tires to, to stick it to team LH, you know. It's just nasty. It's nasty work. Look, we could talk about this team all we want. Verstappen is likely going to dominate this season. The only real questionable place of intrigue for me is what happens with Sergio Perez. If he's a comfortable second in the standings, he'll probably be fine. Anything less than that, there's going to be talk about Daniel Ricciardo taking. Even his spot then, like last
2: year, he was co- he was a okay. It wasn't entirely wasn't comfortable. comfortable second place,
1: but Hamilton's season <laughs> collapsed end of the year, as did
0: Leclerc's.
2: Yeah, race fans there. named him as pound for pound the second worst full-timer behind Lance Stroll and Kevin Magnuson. A decision that I do not, which I do not agree with. No, I'm not just saying that because they they could, unfortunately couldn't keep me on board. That's just the shit of the business, but I don't think he was that bad. And I don't even think that's just me saying that as somebody who's been a Sergio Perez fan for over a decade. Was he disappointing? Yes. Was he...
0: uh, uh, Dre, RJ, hang on. Yeah. The man could barely make Q3 for a month.
2: Again, you said it yourself. The points are paid out mostly on Sundays. Yeah, and he wasn't scoring a lot of
0: them for a lot of that time.
1: He's better... He, he's... Like, the team is better than P6s coming back from the middle of the field in qualifying. Perez, Perez's problems are of his own making. That There's no getting around that. And while it's fine for them now, given they have a dominant car and a dominant lead driver, if the field does close in, which it will do eventually... This is how F one always works. It's a sport of diminishing returns. That is going to be a weakness. They need a better floor uh, at some point. Um,
2: and I don't disagree that he's under pressure to keep his job. Because the other thing is, like, doesn't he turn thirty four this year? He does. I he's getting up there near. He's in the back half of his
1: career anyway. Time's ticking. Yeah, he's first He turned thirty four in January. You know, so this Jesus is Christ. I feel old again yeah well and the concern yeah, for so, me is
0: that I, honestly i see the gap to max only getting bigger from here on out
1: he's max He's just, just terminator he's just and the, this just so is the flawless. only source of
2: championship intrigue there is there is
1: i will tell yeah, you this there for is free none. there is
0: no championship intrigue it's a question of how many once again for
1: max Verstappen. okay because i normally end this preview with a bunch of questions pertaining to who wins what, (laughs) I think it's all safe to say we'd all just say Red Bull and Verstappen for drivers and teams respectively. Mm. So I'm gonna gonna, gonna change the formula a little bit. Okay, first question. Second in the team's championship goes to... I think Mercedes. I'm willing to hedge... I, I think it's Ferrari. I think it's Ferrari as well. I, I like their lineup a little more. I've got a half feeling that Hamilton will mentally check out of this season halfway through. I don't think it's going to be a matter of, I think it'll be close that Ferrari gets as well. I think it'll be close as well. I think McLaren will be in there as well. I, I don't have full faith in McLaren just yet, um, but I think it'll be Ferrari as well. Who finishes sixth? Sits in the constructors. Behind that block of what we think will be McLaren, Aston, Mercedes and Ferrari. I like,
2: at least from the evidence that we have seen so far in preseason testing, knowing that this is gonna be a long game of internal developments, how you get it right, how you get it wrong, how you just have upgrades do absolutely nothing, but from what I've seen so far, I like Team Fianza. Racing RB, V car. Yeah, I think. I like Visa. I
0: I think Visa RB as well. Um, I I think that the top five, obviously, some of those are going to be clearly out of reach. I'm really curious. This is the car I'm arguably most curious to see once it's on track where it actually shakes out because they look really, really solid in preseason.
1: Indeed. Last one for me Max Verstappen wins. 19.5 Nineteen point five, over or under? Over. Does does Max beat his win record from last yes. year? Yes. He goes, he
2: matches it. He goes under. He gets nineteen wins.
1: Over. Oh dear God. I think twenty. I think twenty-one to twenty-two is on the table here. I think Perez will get a couple here and there. He still still is a good street track specialist. I think there'll still be a couple of those days where he'll be strong. But I think 21-22 wins. uh, Given the rumors
0: out of that camp that this is effectively an initial spec and then there's going to be a fairly substantial upgrade in Japan, which makes sense given it's Honda's home race. Um, Now that they have... Last year was them tanking the penalty. What are they going to do with actual in-season development? That is a legitimately terrifying thought.
2: God, it can't be like this again, man. Uh,
0: I think it might be. Uh, there, the scariest thing of all. It can't be like with this. with this Red Bull. Besides the fact that it looks like Max has driving aids on going around the track, I mean, it's 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 just so planted, effortless, even.
1: Uh- it, it, it's it's that fame. You know what it reminds of is that famous Michael Schumacher lap of Suzuka on YouTube, where I just you just see the morale of the field shattering when he goes three temps faster on himself. Somewhere like Max was one point one seconds faster than the field at the end of day one, and you could see and feel the paddock. It's the power of the just...
0: shit-eating grin from both him yeah. and and GP.
1: It was it watching that lap. Like GP grins at the camera and can't That's help himself. That's Giancarlo
2: Lambiasi, by the way. for, yeah, for yeah. those of y'all, don't he's a race
1: engineer. Him. And um, yeah, the, what got me was just it wasn't the speed; it was the ease of which Max put that lap together. It looked like he was barely pushing. Like
2: you know got, how they say, like body language is the most important thing. To uh, the car looks or like a test. heavy
0: W eleven. Right. It looks like a heavy W11. If you remember that lap from Mercedes in 2020 preseason, where it, they they did just they ended it before we even got to the first race. But it's also the fact that they could have been content continuing with last year's car, and instead they took a fairly radical step with it. It is quite it's still clearly the Red Bull in terms of concept, but quite radically reworked especially in the center line of the car. And it's the fact that that has paid dividends. Now it's going to pay more dividends as other teams begin to bump up into the limit of their concept, which is very much based on the old Red Bull concept. Red Bull's left that behind.
1: Yeah, Newey, relatively speaking, has gambled on this one. And that's going to be and, and the idea intriguing.
0: The idea that a radical redesign of their car were, would trip them up, was put to bed basically on the third stint of day one
1: indeed Ugh. i would say it's going to be fun
0: but probably not uh, this is probably going to be a pre- objectively be. a pretty terrible season
1: indeed um well we we will try and make the most of the hand that we have been dealt when the bahrain grand prix kicks off next saturday on march 2nd um and we'll be here Look, for i'm one. just here for rotoma miata's f2 campaign
2: this is Shh. this is all i'm here for this weekend
1: entirely fair uh, well we'll cover that and a whole lot more on our first formula one race episode 501 of m101 in a in a week and a half's time we'll have our IndyCar season preview go up as well for episode 499 when we record that next week and i'll let you in the little secret episode 500 is in the works we are working on it i'll even let you in on the title the 50 most important moments in motorsport 101 history coming to you next week so uh you can look forward to that as well but uh until then uh we hope you enjoy the f1 season we'd like you to enjoy it but we're not going to lie to you. You're, you. As an audience, you deserve better. I've been Dre Harrison. They've been RJ O'Connell and Cam Buckley. Until Bahrain, sayonara. Later, y'all. So how many? It's not, it's not, it, it's not a good sign when that's the best Cam Buckley can do for a witty statement to end the podcast. We are fucked.